Oh, look at that. I brought the fun. You're welcome. No, the fun was already here when yeah, I showed up. Yeah, I don't come know. on now. Let's not Let's, get come too on. froggy. You know? Come on. <laughs> get froggy. Yeah, what, is it? froggy. what does that even <laughs> mean? Right, you so, know, Josh, <laughs> Josh, I need to take up my hat off, even though I don't have a hat. Yeah. And you, sur- you survived a galenification. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. Can you believe it? 200. 50 episodes. Never thought we'd make it here, but here we are. And to celebrate, we decided to invite Rhiannon, Bob's daughter. The question is, who has a more painful time with that? Do Rhiannon and I gang up on Bob? Or am I unable to handle the onslaught of all the Galenisms that are out there? It's a close call. We both took some beatings, but it was enjoyable. Thanks for helping us get here. We wouldn't be here without all of our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lastly, help us out. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's where most of you listen. And on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, anything. All of your support helps us grow. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. With the topic being onboarding, and this being Rhiannon's first Metacast, did we do a good enough job onboarding her? Oh. We'll find out. Oh my God, Joshua, you segue fool you. What was that? It's amazing. It's one of the few skills I have. It was like two sticks of butter. (laughs) So, I'm pretty uncomfortable with this now. Just the two Galens are feeling overwhelmed. (laughs) How do you think we feel when we get together? We're like, no, we're both too much Galen right now. We both need to bring it down. So. You know, it's funny, Josh. I had this mental picture of you like forming up into a fetal position. <laughs> it just, might happen. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, oh, we're, we got to be careful, Rhiannon. I know. Well, this is what's interesting. This is the first time that I've actually met Josh. Mm-hmm. We've never met. I've heard so much about you. I've seen you on the, you know, doing the Metacast uh, video, heard it. Uh, I used to drive to work when I was in New York. Um, and I had to drive to like Brooklyn and Bronx. I would put on the Metacast and listen to that in the car. So I've heard your voice, but this is my first time being introduced. So hi, nice to meet you, Josh. Yes, I'm 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 very excited to finally meet somebody that, like me, has had to deal with the monster yes. and has a bit of a responsibility. This is one of those things that I talk about. Like I feel responsible for like chopping Bob down every once in a while. Like if we don't do it. Who else is going to do Like, it's our responsibility it's being true. as close as we are to Bob. It is. So, uh, while we've chocolate. never met, we like unify on a life mission. What am I alone? I mean, I feel like that's, you know, the child, any child's mission to their parent is to chop them down. So I'm there. And I feel like you're, you're in that mix. Yeah. I mean, you've known my dad for how long? Mm, too long. We can call you, you know, one of his kids. No. Well, please you don't, don't need permission to start. You're like, please don't go there. No, no. Especially when he calls me babe. What? I've occasionally called you son too, right? Yeah, okay. oh, yes, okay. that's right. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, but you don't. Babe? Yeah, you, in a, you don't like well, not you nice babe? Yeah, babe. Because I haven't called I you babe. It's just like a babe. It's like a Rat Pack. Reference. No, there's no. You can't fix that. That that's a no no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, onboarding. 
Can I start us off with a real Look quick Look at you getting us story. back on topic. This is never Thank happened. You. Well, he really wants, he doesn't want us to go down the Bob route anymore. He I know. Exactly. <laughs> we'll calm it down so, for a little bit. So years ago, I worked for NetApp. Um, and this was, this is decades ago. And they were uh, headquartered in California. Uh, in Silicon Valley. And um, they, ha- they were building an office here. Not building, but they were building an office of people, adding people over time. So it was relatively small. And uh, I remember getting uh, like the Saturday before my first day. And I, I was surprised. I got this big box in the mail. Uh, and it was like Saturday morning. And it was my laptop. It was instructions. Uh, it was tchotchke stuff like cups and t-shirts and, and I had never, I was before that I had always worked for the band. Right. So it was like waterfall and things like, so, you know, I was a piece of, I was a piece of meat. Right. So, so no one, no one did that. I mean, it, it had everything in it that I needed. Oh, it had, uh, directions for the healthcare. Uh, it had directions for all of the the benefits and things like that. And I just remember going through this and laying it out on a table, all the stuff. And I'm like the thought, and they precisely had it delivered before the, the they controlled the delivery, uh, probably before delivery, like everything was, you know, sort of tracked and things like that, the way it was today. And I remember being blown away by that, the effort it took them to do it, the, the planning, I also, it put a responsibility on me. I'm like, this is serious stuff. I need to show up, right? I need to, I need to bring, speaking in terms of, I need to bring a full gallon to, to the plate. Uh, and I was really motivated and I was jazzed. And I remember that feeling sort of stayed with me for a while, for, for a good while. I felt like they respected me. There was a, there was a respect factor. There was a planning factor. There was a, at the time, I was writing a little code, Josh. So it was like, you know, that you can do your job, like tomorrow morning when you show up. So that that's probably my most impactful onboarding story to kick things off. So pick pick that apart, guys. Have you seen that before? What's good about that? Any reactions? Yeah, I would say so. I, I my history is I used to manage onboarding when I was in a social worker. That was my last job. Was spending five years improving our onboarding process and making it better. But we didn't have that kind of budget. So my first job transitioning as a scrum master, I had a very similar experience, which was, you know, I I think I got my equipment a week before, and it's nice when you can have all that stuff, especially when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing with computers or monitors. I sent me two, I got the laptop, two monitors. I was like, I'm not going to use these. I use them. And and having one monitor now is like terrible for me. I have to use more than one monitor. I never thought I'd say that. But then I got the tchotchke on day one and they did absolutely did they plan that, that they onboard you, they do the, you know, at this point it was virtual, welcome, here's all this stuff. And you should be getting your package today. And we all got our packages like halfway through the day and came in the next day with our mugs. <laughs> it was amazing. You, to your point, it feels like welcome to the team. We value you, we care about you. And that's, that's such an important thing to start out with day one uh, is to let people know 
what they mean, like what you mean to them. Now that you're here, we want to keep you here as much as possible. And let's be real. I love free stuff. Everybody, I want the tchotchkes, like give me as much free stuff as you possibly can. And it helps me brag about, oh, I, this is where I work. <clears throat> they care about me. This is what they've done for me. It feels so good to, to be put in that place. So. Yeah, yeah. If you give me a t-shirt, I'm yours for like a quarter, you know, <laughs> like there's like, it's that simple. I really am that simple. Uh, the good news is this has become a bit of the norm across the space. And like you see on LinkedIn, when people post about um, joining a, a new company, they always have a photo of like all the things that they got pre start mm -hmm. date and are ready to rock and roll or like on their desk, if it's one of those things. So that's really good news and helps folks get up to speed. I can tell you one of the things that I've struggled with uh, is not that part of the onboarding, but getting somebody rolling. Mm -hmm. I was always, and it's, it's my own fault because that's how I jump into a job as I jump into a job. So I very quickly just try and kick people out of the nest and be like, all right, how soon can we get you writing your first piece of code and like checking in a bug? Like that's always been an important thing yep. to me, but that fit my personality very well. And I had to alter that quite a bit as I learned the mistakes I was making along the way that not everybody was down with that. And for some folks, it was pretty off-putting. And the evolution for me to get there took a while. It took a few mistakes. And thankfully, I had created a space where people would like tell me like, what? I did No, I need more info, you know? Um, so that's certainly something where I've had to focus quite a lot. Um, I don't know if the two of you have had to wrestle with things like that, either when you're hired or during the hiring process? Yeah. I mean, my first reaction to that is when I, when we were pro thinking about a topic with onboarding, the word, the phrase that always comes up to me is, is setting expectations and, and doing that as soon as possible, because, you know, you come in, you've got this, you're, you're given all this chashki, you've got all your equipment. Well, what are you expecting from me? What am I expecting of myself? Josh, I'm like you. I need to hit the ground running. And then I pull back because I realize, okay, I've got to slow down. I've also been doing this for, you know, professionally 20 years. So let me, I've learned to slow it down and pull back and kind of ease my way into things. But I still need to know what is expected of me when I don't. I feel like I have no foundation to stand on and it doesn't feel safe for me as a new employee. And that includes right day one, what do you need from me? Um, and right. The 30, 60, 90, like what is it that you need from me as my manager? Uh, what are you going to expect from me day to day? And I want to know that as soon as possible so I can be successful. I mean, I've bad experiences. I, I had a you know recent job where I didn't even know who my manager was. <laughs> You're like, wait, who do I? I thought it was this person. Wait, it's this person. Oh, wait, no, it's that person, and they're over there. Um, oh, why didn't I know that? So that really shakes things up and makes you feel like you don't have any footing. And, and what do you do with that? It's yeah. not easy. What I'm hearing is clarity of so beyond the presence and the tchotchkes and the excitement and that's important i think there's a game planning what i'm hearing josh is like the and this needs to be leadership driven who you're reporting to 
or however that is, set the stage. What are my goals? What are my objectives? What is my 30, 60, 90 day plan? Clarity, just absolute clarity uh, and, and avoiding confusion. I think chaos in the beginning is a really, is a really bad thing. Even if you get the box of <laughs> the present, uh, if there's a total lack of clarity, like I walked in the door and people, had, they didn't know I was coming. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, I, let's say I got the box, I got this, I got the prize, but, but then I walk in and like, like, who are you? You need to sign the guest log or something like, or we don't even, you know, you can't get in or I, I did want, and these are anti-patterns. And, and this would never happen today, but I remember joining a job and it took three and I was, I was writing code. I was like a senior developer architect and it took three and a half weeks to get my computer. Mm. And I was sitting there for three and a half weeks and that soured me for the, I stayed there for two or three years or four years. I stayed there for a long time, but I never, ever, ever forgot that that just was like a, an ultimate insult to me. And I know I'm a, a little odd, but it was like, how can you, not have a I'm a programmer. It would be like you're a jockey. <clears throat> and you don't and, have a horse. And you don't have a horse. <laughs> it's like, oh damn. Or, like, why aren't they, you winning races? They, and you bring in one of those little wooden horses, like that they give kids. <laughs> and you're you're popping around. The, but it's like it's like, where's your horse? I don't have a horse. <laughs> right. No, I have, I, it's a good point because we always remember the first kind of impressions and that can change over time. I think that's one thing to think about with onboarding is if I made, if I, if someone's telling me that this is what happened, well, then what am I doing to try to fix that? And I've also worked at places where <clears throat> you can tell they've made an effort like, oh my gosh, we, we did not do well here. What can we do to make this better? And let, let's get you that t-shirt. Let's get you all the equipment you need as soon as possible. We're going to show you that we're making the effort for this. But I've also gone to places who who didn't. And you're absolutely right. It stays with you. It kind of shifts you. So now my mindset isn't, um, what can I do for the company as well as what can they do for me? It's like, no, I'm just going to, like, what can you do for me? And what, the minute you can't do anything for me anymore, why should I stay here? And you don't want that mindset to stay. You want them to really, it needs to be a mutual relationship. And I think that's the most important piece. Onboarding really establishes that it's a mutual relationship if it's done well. Yeah, at Storable, one of my previous gigs, we we invested really heavily into onboarding. And I, I don't remember who I stole it from, but one of my peers had this most amazing document to onboard folks. So I just started using it and it was um, welcoming stuff is the first page and the second page is like, all right, week one, here's, here's what we expect. Here's who you need to talk to. Here's the, here's all the systems. Make sure you get all your login set up and do all that stuff. At the end of the week, we're going to have a meeting. We'll also have one halfway through just to make sure things are going well. But at the end of the week, we're going to have a meeting and what I expect is for you to be able to talk me through this and then, all right. So 30 days after that, here's all the, and it was a long list of people that you need to reach out to and they know you're going to reach out to them and just set up time to learn in, in that meantime, we also are looking for this, this, and this to happen. And at the end of those 30 days, here's the thing that we want you to be able to do. So it was be able to, 
talk about all of our products, the value that they create for our customers, depending on if they were devs, the architectural architectural approach to each of them and things we're trying to work on just to, again, get your footing. Then at 90 days, after 90 days, it's like, okay, you are ready to rock and roll. All of, all of the controls are off and you just go, but here's the other things that will likely help you get there and then just set people off. And we heard numerous times that this is the best onboarding process that they have ever been a part of. And I can't take the credit for that. It was a bunch of people that had created that and I just used it, but that was super effective for the number of people that we hired to be able to come in and have comfort that they're still driving it themselves, right? That we're still asking them to take the steps, but they have, they have a pretty loose map of, here's where I need to go and here's what I should know at each of the checkpoints. And that seemed to work really well with folks. So I, I'm just going to use that for the rest of my career. Yeah, I, I can honestly say <clears throat> as someone who's done onboarding for a few years, that was such a big thing for us was having not just onboarding, but what's our program. <laughs> yeah. like it's a whole shebang. Yeah. And we were very similar. The other thing that we used to do, and, I, and you might've done this as well, is we always try to figure out how to incorporate fun and connectedness because what we realized is, and I, this is something that I saw as I went through my career is the people I started with, I, I bonded with and they became my support system. And so how do you keep that going? Well, I, or amplify that we would do that in our onboarding by creating lots of fun team building exercises then we would relate it back to the work. So, hey, we just did this exercise that was tons of fun, but what did you learn that can connect back to the work that you are doing? And how do you take that as lessons? <clears throat> we used to make sure at the end of every onboarding, they would share their emails and phone numbers, work-related or personal if they felt comfortable. Like connect with each other, this is important to you. And then last thought with what you were saying is, we always incorporated themes that we felt absolutely were necessary, but typically wouldn't happen in onboarding. And one of the examples I'm thinking of is self-care. Like we wanted to stress that self-care mattered and here are some ways that you can do it. So, you know, what would you not get at onboarding, but really matters to your work? And those are some of the things, right? How do you have fun and, and connect with people? And what's the self-care plan that you have while you're here? Because that's a value of ours. Yeah, I, there was a company I worked at where we could only start people on a specific schedule because they actually treated it as like, this is our newest class of hires. And I was like, I just need people in the door. Like, do I can I get this person to start not three weeks from now? Like they're ready to go. They want to start now. And over time I saw exactly what you were saying was those people stayed connected and it wasn't just the devs. It was from across the entire company. Yeah. There was a class yeah. that came together. And so now they had these connections across the organization that would have taken them months, maybe years to actually bump into those people, stop and talk, and actually connect with them. So uh, while I didn't like it because I just wanted people now, uh, it paid off in the long run and really helped with the cohesion across the board. Now you were the person I would always fight with. 
probably. <laughs> They'd be calling me up being like, are you sure they have to be there? Yes. yes. They need, oh, and they have to start this day? Yes. Because part of it is not just what you described really well, right? The camaraderie, all that stuff, which is really helpful. <clears throat> but when you start on an off day, even the team doesn't know what to do with you sometimes because, right, if some people are starting here, but some people are starting here, you're coming in. And again, it's it's a mixed bag of expectations and understanding of what you're supposed to be doing. So if there's a, the more consistent you can be, the, the stronger the onboarding is going to be. I wanted to just go back to the chat a little bit. I'm watching. So uh, I think Stephen said something about um, like uh, celebrating anniversary. So taking on boarding and not losing, maybe looking at getting a gift or something. And I'm, it's not all about gifts, but recognition, some meaningful recognition like at an anniversary date or something like that. I, and I think that was an important point. It's almost like you're, the last Metacast we were talking about pay people what they're worth. And then you bring them in the door and now we're talking and this connects to that. It's like now treat them the way they're worth, right? And and onboard them the way they're worth. And then don't lose that, that momentum, not every month, but maybe on an anniversary basis, like reignite the fire. Or, or reignite the appreciation you have for them joining uh, and things like that. I wanted to ask you both a question. I wanted to just go back to ver. So I've never done onboarding in a virtual environment like COVID, right? So for me, even when I got it from NetApp, it was, I, I had an office I was going into. They just, everything came out of California. So what has virtual stories, is it more important, less important? And what has it changed with onboarding in, in like COVID and virtual environments? It definitely made it more important because there was a physical disconnect and you should see the joy on people's faces when there's a company get together and like you actually meet the person you've been working with for like a year and a half. And you're like, this is amazing, you know, because we have that need and it can be really easy to feel disconnected and isolated in this virtual world. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason why Storable invested like, like they did because it was like right when COVID was going on and like, dang, like we're planning to hire like 200 people this year. Wow. How, how are we going to do that and do that well and have everybody like be happy. So that's why the investment was spent there on that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see, to me, it feels insanely more important than it was before. At least it is to me. Maybe it's because I like wasn't paying attention to it in the first half of my career and I was a jerk, likely possible. Um, but it certainly has ramped up now. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> what we had to do is get really creative on how we presented the information. We had to get really creative on the activities that we did to really get people excited about things. And that was, that was necessary, right? What virtual platforms can you utilize that get people excited and really interactive? There's tons out there that you have that can, that can work. That is really fun. The other thing you realize is there's, there's the organization wide onboarding, but what about the team onboarding as well? So that was something you also realized was more important was 
you know, <laughs> that, that what we weren't thinking about that as much, but now that you're virtual and a hundred, you know, you're a hundred percent, how do you do, how do you help support everybody create something that's meaningful onboarding when you're virtual? So helping teams figure out, okay, we've got somebody new coming in. What are we going to do to bring them in? How do we make sure that they're feeling connected to the team? What, what fun exercises can we do? What platforms can we use to get them going? So much more important than it used to be because a lot of that stuff happens organically, right? You meet someone, you connect with them, you start, oftentimes there's that expectation with new teams, you're going to take them to lunch. If there's a cafe on property, you do that. You can't do that virtually anymore. So you you can't be as organic as you want to be. You actually have to like schedule it. <laughs> okay, we're going to meet at this time and go over things. So that also lines with like, okay, what expectations? Who does this person have need to meet and have one-on-ones with so they're connecting with people and be more intentional about it was really, really important. One of the things that I, I did historically uh, when I was at eye contact is I, I put the onboarding. So before, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I looked at it as my job as a manager to onboard people. One of my key roles was I was the prime onboarder, not the only, but the prime. And then I had this epiphany that I, as I got into agile and eye contact, I put, I shifted the burden of onboarding, most of it, not the prizes or the, the door dashes. That was my job. But uh, the onboarding in the team, I pushed that to the team and just said, take, right, take story points and invest whatever you have to do to effectively onboard Josh Anderson, do that. Like, I want a team, declare who's going to be Josh's buddy, who's going to pair with him, or, or who, what is the dynamic, who's going to bring him into the code base. So you all need to onboard him effectively and ramp him up so he's a high contributing member of your team. And then I just left it. And what I found is the teams handled it pretty, pretty deftly, uh, pretty, pretty calm. And it, and it was really, a, it was not just the one person in the team, but the whole team took on the responsibility of onboarding someone. And that, and that worked. Any reactions to that? Yeah, I, I've, I've done the same thing where, and we worked really hard to make sure that like work is work and it doesn't have to be just um, coding that goes into a sprint. Like there's things we have to do, things we have to invest time in to make this a reality. And that was one of those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen that work. Rhiannon. Uh, yeah. Not only that, but it it's the community where I just moved to, you know, from New York to North Carolina and in my brain, I was like, is it my job to go meet all the neighbors or there's come to me right as the new person? What is that expectation? A, I like the fact that the manager is setting the expectation because it's not always clear whose role is it to do. Right. I agree. It's on the team. But what does that mean? Being very clear of what they're, they should be doing for them, setting up a one-on-one, um, I, I see now in the scrum master role, we just onboarded someone new. I'm, I kind of take that on and do ownership, but I, what do I put to the team to make sure the team is a hundred percent involved and invested in that um, so that that happens, right? It's like who own, who's, who's the one kind of coordinating it and then making sure that everything happens. It is important to have that point person. Cause oftentimes if you don't like a manager, <laughs> it will fall to the wayside. It, people won't, 
under kind of know what to, some people will because they're extroverted and then they like meeting new people. Other people will not. So that's also important is to figure, figure out how do you meet that person where they're at and the team where they're at. So it works really well. I think Before you we, said it, Rhiannon, like team expectations. So setting expectations. Yeah, you just but cut I, off Josh. How could but you I cut, Josh talk? Um, all right. No, no. I'm sorry. No, Bob, um, Bob, Bob, go because you were on topic and I was not. Okay. So that's the one case you can. I'll miss. allow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I forget. Now I forgot my train of thought. I did. I'm, I'm gone. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I, I swear to God. Well done. Yeah. Josh, Josh, please. After yeah. you. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I just want to ask because I know you're a Pennsylvania guy. Um, you keep saying prize for what I would equate as a gift. And it uh, and like the Rocky movies were very formative in my youth. And I was always confused when Rocky gave an anniversary gift to Adrian that he said, open your prize. And that like, I've never heard that before. I've never That's heard that funny. anywhere else. Is that a thing you say? Um, clearly, clearly I do. <laughs> so, well, But like, like, do you give somebody I, a gift or do you give someone a prize? I use them interchangeably. Um, and, and I don't even know what the context is for the switch. Uh, I think okay. it is, it, it might, the origin of it might be in that Pennsylvania area to yeah. some degree. Uh, but I don't know. Okay. But it's not the only, it's not the only verbal tick. I, I'm sure I have others like that. <laughs> like, don't take this the wrong way, Josh. Is that episode 251? No, the, just the number, <laughs> the number of times I've been with Bob and he starts saying, I don't mean to pick, but then he goes on and just pick somebody to death. And I'm like, Bob. Is that the Pennsylvania like, version of yeah. bless your heart? Yeah. It may be. There yeah. may be it is. It is the same as when any, like if anybody ever starts a sentence with, I'm not trying to be racist, but that's when you just like walk away. Oh, I know what I was going to say, actually. Um, and I wanted to get both of your reactions. Um, I used to set the expectation for a team. Like I wasn't, I wasn't micromanaging the teams on boarding, but I looked at it as I was setting a vision. For, and, and one of the vision quests was I wanted every person who was new to, to stand up at a sprint review uh, and have something. I mean, clearly they're not going to solve world hunger in their first two weeks, but given their skill, given the capability, given the team's onboarding, uh, I wanted them to contribute something right in the first two weeks, contribute something valuable and get some credit for it, if you will, or get, you know, get, transparency for it in front of people do you think that's unfair or what, what good good idea bad idea but i was really i was really laser focused on that notion i mean for me it would land because i'm okay with an audience <laughs> i'm okay being front and center but i've made that mistake with people before where they are not they are like i like to be in the background and i'm okay with it so i think how you ha have them highlight that success yeah. that win really has to meet them where they're at. But I think that goes back to that expectations conversation is we forget often, like we as leaders will ask them to say, you know, what do you need from us here? This is what I need from you, new worker. 
we have to flip that and say, well, okay, well, what do you need? <laughs> what would you like right. from us? Here's our onboarding program. These are some of the expectations. What's landing? Where do we need to adapt to make it work for you? Because I could see that new person on one end, on one side of the spectrum being like, yeah, this place rocks. I love this. On the other end, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm terrified. And I will, I don't think I can. Well, let me couch it. Sometimes they were running a mouse. Sometimes they were, sometimes just their name showed up and said they helped deliver a story one, Absolutely. two, three, or something like that. So we didn't, they weren't doing the Gettysburg address in in the first two weeks in front of the entire company, yeah. but, but whatever they were comfortable with, I, I wanted them to feel, I wanted the team and them to gel and to say, we are contributing something. I, I actually didn't yeah. care what the something was. Josh? Well, just quickly, I think the takeaway there, though, is is isn't what they what you're at it. It's the process as the yeah. as the manager. Are you giving them the space and respecting them? That that's gonna you, you're gonna coast for more than a quarter on that action. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I just want to highlight that uh, in true Galen fashion, uh, Bob said, "Go ahead, Josh." And Rhiannon is like, "Screw you, Josh. I'm going to talk." <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had one more thing to add. Just to, that, that was for you, Bob. You owe me one. You owe me one. <laughs> uh, After I shut up, Bob, for you, John. I was just. I'm trying to be fair here. Just trying. Because you have to deal with him more often than me. I I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we we did it definitely in a more subtle way because. Um, just the crew I had, the crew that I had hired, the, that spotlight with a microphone was recipe for freezing up. So, okay. it, so it just became a thing of in the sprint review, we talk about, hey, we have a new teammate and we put their picture up there and like we ask everybody to wave at them or something like that. So just, yep. just yeah, the group that I had at the time were super uncomfortable. Now over time they got better because we forced them to stand up in front of everybody and present in the demos and everything that went on with that. One of the things that I want to talk about um, is onboarding to your agile process, because this is Ooh. something where I screwed up in the past. We, we became a bit of a destination job. And so these very agile people came to work with us and I got very excited, like, oh, man, like, this is going to be great. They're going to come in, like, there's nothing I need to do, and they're just going to be rocking and rolling. And it was narrow-minded of me because our Agile wasn't the same as everybody else's Agile. So we had to quickly learn how to onboard people, not just into, like, how we operate with, like, this is where you check in code, and this is where you get coffee and things like that, but, like, this is how we Agile because... Yep. I, at that moment, at the rate that we were hiring, learned how diverse Agile was. And it wasn't everybody did it like I thought they should. It was very different across the board. So um, I don't know, Rhiannon, if that's something that you landed into with your first job of like, hey, this is how we do it. Or they just kind of let you go. Um, Bob, you know, Agile's evolved over the 75 years you've been doing this. So it'd be interesting to hear your viewpoints. Since you said my name first, though, I yeah. will. I would love it if there was a way to like squeeze his picture out of the way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love that you said this. I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very honest. My first agile job. <laughs> he's done. Look at him. Uh, 
No, my first agile job, we, I, I created that training. <laughs> so oh, I'm like yeah. a consummate trainer. I love to, you know, develop workshops. I, and I was like, Hey, we don't do this. Can we do this? Wait, we don't do this for anybody. We need to yeah. do this for everybody. So Rhiannon's first big project, right? I'm brand new to agile. This is like brand new, <laughs> totally flipped my career. And I, I, you know, that's part of my, where my brain goes to, since I, I am passionate about teaching and training. I was like, we need, we need this. We need to have that. And to your point, I think, my job when I was training, it was to really valid, just validate the crap out of people. I don't want to make an assumption that you know this. And I don't want to make an assumption that you, you do or don't like I I'm, we're going to provide a baseline. If you already know this, then share your stories. If you don't know this, come to the table with as many questions as you feel yep. you you need answered because it's not just me as the trainer, it's everybody. So I really wanted to make sure people came into that onboarding process feeling like they were heard regardless of what level they're on. And that was something I've learned through the years um, when I was in child welfare with social workers. We would onboard people who are brand new, um, someone who just, you know, had a community a degree from a community college, some who had their doctorate, right? Who've been doing this for zero, not of this is their first job versus, you know, 30 years. And we really wanted to make sure we rec recognize where they were coming from. So from an agile onboarding processes, as you were asking, I think that that's even more important. Plus it, as, as the people who are doing the onboarding, you are getting a pulse of where you need to go with them by kind of, curbing your assumptions as much as possible, which is not easy to do, but it's so important to kind of recognize, okay, where are they at? And, and how do I ask those questions, but also validate where they're at? I mean, in the beginning of the Metacast, Josh, I don't think it was much of an issue, but this, this notion that everyone had a view of Agile and having a consistent integrated view was a challenge, like, like the anti-patterns that that can create you know, sort of, in, so it's evolved over the life of the, the Metacast. In the beginning, everyone was beginners. We, I, if I recall, not everyone was beginners, but there was less eclectic yeah. experience, right? Uh, and deeper experience. So everyone, you know, sort of like get them going. They're a new team to Agile and which made it easier. Nowadays, I'm actually seeing this as maybe even a future Metacast where we talk about the importance of that alignment and getting folks aligned, not not agreeing, right? But having an aligned view because everyone brings in all this, like just this wild experience. And there's some there's some folks who are very negative. They've had terrible agile experience. It's not just about you know what what variant of Scrum did you practice. It's did you have successes? What kind of leadership? What, what kind of team were you on? And how do you how do you sort of scrub that away? Uh, yeah. and, and get them aligned with the, the internal model. I don't think folks do that very much at all now. They only do it as an intervention when it, when, when, the, when, when it's too team, late. When, it, when it's, when it's team is, yeah, when you've lost a team or you've lost yeah. a group of teams. Yeah. You, you sparked something. I mean, when we were talking about this, I think um, generations is important to think about. Right? So right now we're hiring more the Gen Zers and they want to know why I should work for this company, why, what's, what's the company's why. And from an agile perspective, if you're onboarding them with 
you know, the agile, like how you agile, if that does not connect to the larger companies, why that also is going to potentially draw a red flag. So why should I stay here? So that's also something we recognize with um, onboarding a lot of people is everything has to be interconnected in some way that the messaging is very similar to. So people kind of feel like they're Right. Here's your, I'm going to say, here's your prize right? or your, the charge key that you get. <laughs> well, why are you giving this to me? Why should I love this? Why should it matter? Oh, because of these things about your company. Oh, because of this stuff with agile and it's all deeply connected is so really important when it comes to like the generational side of things. Is he saying goodbye? He's out. Peace. I think he was raising his hand because he wanted to speak. So I just turned him <laughs> off. I think we're going to, and he's talking right now. He thinks we can hear him, but we can't. He's going to come back with just the reddest face Listen, ever. Okay. Everybody imagine how red Bob's face is going to be before I flip the switch for him to come back in. Right. Here we go. Josh's hat red. <laughs> that's that's the level. Oh, hey. Are you done? Are you done <laughs> I'm now? not actually. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> is she a gallon or what, Josh? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> oh I learned God. it all from you, Bob. You know, I, love you. <laughs> I was I wanted to do a generational check between the three of us. Like we were talking about multi-generation. So I'm a boober. Josh, what are you? Uh I think I'm officially generation X. X? Yeah. And Rhiannon, are you the same? Are you ready for I'm so there's a new title for this? I'm a geriatric millennial. A geriatric, I like that. I like that title. It's hilarious because the reason why, if you're born in the, um, because I think it starts in, I think millennials start in 80. So if you're born in that, like 80 to 85, this is before tech really boomed, right? This weird time frame. They call you these, you're you're now a geriatric millennial. I'm guessing a millennial wrote that because they didn't want to fit 100% into millennialism. So we, felt we more have, connected to so, the Gen Xers. <laughs> so we're getting we're getting uh, generational, you know, sort of ideas here between us. I I, I was curious as to we if we had that spread. Yeah. Josh, we've always had a spread, but now we need we need a young whippersnapper at some point, right? Mm-hmm. You were the young whippersnapper fifteen I'm years ago. So I know you were the young whippersnapper, and yeah. I counted on you to be the young. You know, you know, smart, young, writing code. Yeah. You're a dinosaur. Get the hell out of my. I, I mean, there was sort of tension between us. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm old. I, say you're it. old. <laughs> <laughs> you're old. Yeah. He loves yeah, to yeah. say that stuff. I feel like he was trying to, like, in some way, compliment you, but no. Was that a little no. backhanded there? No. Uh, that's normal. Can that's I? Normal. Can I start? Why don't we have a final word on on onboarding? I. I'll start. I have it, it. I've always been curious. To me, it's planning. Uh, and, and it goes back to our last episode. You're going to pay someone top dollar, which in today's market is a lot of money. Okay. It's serious. It's serious greenbacks being extended. And, and then, and then you invite someone in and, and you do a crappy job of onboarding them. And it, and I've always thought, and it, to me, it's just a planning exercise. It's just taking things seriously, and and doing your freaking job, and stepping up to the plate and planning, like putting a plan together for it. And I've never understood why. And and so many companies suck at it. So 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 many companies 
just don't don't get it or they you know whatever uh and i'm like i have a little tolerance for that it's like come on it's like blocking it's like blocking and tackling it's like a basic function of the business did you like that job yeah 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 but it it's like come on um so i'm i'm like we have no choice it's like an imperative so like shut up and do a good job and and then learn from the people as you want to onboard them last last word josh and rhiannon Ooh, i was final, noted first final, so that final word i get to jump the line final, this is exciting. final words of wisdom for onboarding um it's your real first impression yes the phone screen and interview and all that stuff counts but it's like okay you're here now this is what it's like to be here and that will set folks off in a good direction or a bad direction and you have 100 control in how that day week goes and too many people just mail it in because there's this historical oh well you, you know without us you can't have a job so you know just be happy we let you in and that has evolved as the markets have shifted and there's been talent shortages or whatever the right word is there where the power has flipped and it's like i don't i don't need to stay here i can go somewhere else and get a job the same way so um regardless of where you've lived in that time frame it still matters. It still matters on how you enter and how you are introduced to that company and that culture. So take it seriously, like really seriously. Yeah. First impressions. Yeah. For, and then the last, last word on the yeah. last word, Rhiannon. So for me, I was thinking connections would be like, I would want that to be the theme for any onboarding process. You're getting the connections with the organization, the connections with your team, the connections with the manager, the connections with the why of the organization, right? I want to connect deeply with the values because if I am connected, I'm going to buy in and I'm going to say, you've got me, right? You've hooked me. I don't need, and that will last a while, so when you think about how do I keep this person here, it really starts, right? The first impressions are huge. You have that planning. You've done all of that. So really build on the connections that it, that you can, I think is so important. Nicely played. Did you like I, I think we, yeah, I think we stick a fork in it. So okay. I'll go from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. You're supposed to say your name. I'm Bob Galen. I'm also in beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. I am Rhiannon. Hello. And from shiny, wonderful, beautiful Fuquay Verena, North Carolina, I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And you say bake. 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 I get to say yes. Take care, y'all. Yes. Thank you. Man, look at that. This chat was fantastic. Thank you, everyone. It was a, good uh, chat. It was a great chat. Thank you, Stephen. Joel. Hey, Joel. <laughs> really good yeah. feedback today. Yes. Yes, you did. I do kind of feel bad about hanging Rhiannon out to dry that one time. No. Son, don't you start with me, Bob. Babe, son. how are you going to make it up to me, babe? Yeah, yeah, babe. I can do that. And it's always this quick, short, babe. Listen, babe. Hey, babe.
Really? <laughs> I've never heard him. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. And he that always goes to like, oh, it's the Rat Pack, you know, like you're... <laughs> You're so and so. Right. I'm so and so. It is. It is. It you is. But that doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I'm out of here. Josh, have a nice weekend. All right. We'll see you, everybody. All Thank right. you both. Bye. Bye. Bye.